They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are... Primetime Pod and Chad, the two men, Power Trip of This is the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, Primetime, John Paz. John, how are you tonight? Ooh. I'm doing pretty good, Chad. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm ready to listen to Magnus, the TNA superstar. Yes, we finally have our first TNA superstar Impact Wrestling Superstar on the two-man power trip of wrestling. And damn it, Magnus is awesome. That What a great interview this was. I was very, very pleased. He is holding nothing back. He's very candid. And obviously, you know, it's very popular to jump on the TNA bandwagon to bash it. I obviously, uh, you know, I think we can all say we've scratched our head at some of the decisions they've made. But at the end of the day... They control the wrestling company. They know what's best for business. But, man, Magnus really has a great view of what he perceives TNA Impact to be. Oh, yeah. Magnus, first of all, an awesome guest. But I think going in, I'm like, oh, I wonder what we'll get you know, from our first TNA guest. I wonder if he, he'll be as candid. I, you know, I wonder how he's going to be. And, boy, was he just a straight shooter, no BS tell like it is kind of guy and uh he was pretty awesome i I loved having him on yeah it was very cool and at the end of uh the interview uh chad did have to tag out in prime time did an excellent job of carrying it all the way uh to the finish which i greatly appreciate and will publicly thank him for at this time but uh one of the coolest things i thought about magnus was his honesty over his tna impact wrestling championship run and that he was not uh, very happy about it because he felt it was ill-timed and uh, wasn't done correctly. I just, I was very surprised at how candid he was uh, and how strongly he felt about uh, how it was basically miscast. Yeah. Sometimes it's funny when you're a wrestling fan, obviously we are fans and you look at it and we're like, man, they really screwed up with Magnus on this title run. And when you ask him, you figure, eh, I'm not going to get that answer. And he basically tells us how bittersweet it was, and then he goes into great detail and great story about what he didn't like about it, and possibly it ending too soon, obviously, like it did when Eric Young beat him. So it was very interesting, and it's very interesting to look into it and look and see how he didn't really like the, how he was booked with uh, Team Dixie there. It's very interesting, very cool stuff that I didn't expect from Magnus. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it was uh, was very cool because he was thrust into that heel role kind of unexpectedly because uh, he was really slow burning very well as a babyface, and it looked like he was going to carry from the babyface side, and then they they turned him heel, and uh, you know he said the timing being you know in England, and they just missed that, and 
you know, it was, uh, it was definitely, look, there's a lot of missed opportunities in wrestling. He's still very young, and that's something he says, uh, which stood out to me, is that uh, he still has a lot to go uh, and do in this business. And uh, he's, uh, he's not stopping, you know, and I thought that was a really cool thing for him to point out. You know, he's not uh, anywhere near done. He felt like uh, maybe his title run, maybe it could have been held off if it was going to be as short as it was. I mean, listen, look at the guy. He's young. He's got the look. He can talk. He can work. He's got it all. He's a future star of the business. I mean, he's really a star of the business right now, but if you just look at him, he's got star, main event, huge potential written all over him. Oh, yeah, totally. And we cover all his great feuds, his teaming with Samoa Joe, as we said, the title win, and just carrying – uh, I think that this guy, he should be, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead of what I wanted to say, but he should be carrying uh, the TNA banner for a very long time because he is the man and uh, very, very happy to have Magnus uh, on with us. And I hope you enjoy now kind of doing a little show maintenance here. And that is uh, some of our episodes that have been appearing in the iTunes directory and other various outlets that we uh, have the show broadcast on right now are starting to be removed and will be put onto our website, which is tmptofwrestling.com. Uh, probably about our first 10 episodes uh, will end up being housed there. It's in the process of making its way over. It's some great independent superstars like Corey Havoc and Dab Savage and also uh, – Radio personality, Rich Mancuso, some of our early work on the two-man power trip of wrestling will be housed on our website in the next few weeks, but John is going to give you all the other details on where you can find everything else, two-man power trip of wrestling. Speaking of iTunes, please subscribe to us there, and hey, why not give us some feedback as well and write a little review and tell us what you think of the show, it be very important to us. Also, you can subscribe to the two-man power trip of wrestling on YouTube. Also, check us out on Facebook. You can like us there. Also, check us out on the Twitter machine, at Wrestling Pal and at Two-Man Power Trip. Also, like Chad mentioned, check us out on our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. And, John, i got to say, uh, we got to talk Bombas because we've been running the ads for a few weeks now, and uh, I definitely think the, uh, the support is there because the Bombas mission, the socks that are engineered to look better, the socks that feel better, and, of course, it's a mission to help those in need. Over 300,000 socks have been donated for every pair purchased. And as we always say, with Bombas, you got to be better. Totally, totally true. And it's funny, I was talking to a friend of mine, not Chad, another friend of mine, and we are talking and he's like, uh, what's up with these socks? And I said, hey man, look at them, they're awesome. And he, he liked the color, he liked uh, the fact that it had the blister tab on it, and I said, hey man, it's getting hot in the summertime, you got to have that blister tab, because you know a lot of the socks you're wearing, you're wearing the low socks, and you got a little bit of a, a blister on the back, not with the Bombas, so comfortable, cool in the summer, warm in the winter. Literally, they say they're the sock, i got to be honest, they are the ultimate sock. And, of course, check Bombas out, bombas.com slash T-M-P-T-O-W. That is bombas.com slash 
T-M-P-T-O-W, all lowercase, for 20% off. Yes, 20% off. Socks are always the number one most requested clothing in a homeless shelter. And with Bombas, you will be better. Brother. All right. Well, joining us on the line tonight is TNA superstar Magnus. And, of course, we all know Magnus is a a former TNA world champion, a two-time TNA tag team champion, an IWGP tag champion, a GHC tag team champion, and also formerly a ring king champion. Magnus, it's really our pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, recognizing all those accolades, even the uh, the shady IWGP uh, championship. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really, I mean, you know, obviously I, re- you know, I realized that it was not, wasn't one in the conventional sense. I don't, you know, but, uh, but it was fun nonetheless. Hey, it looks really cool when you're reading it. It mentioned uh, the IWGP, it, so. Uh... It sure does. It sure does. <laughs> So, you know, TNA definitely been in the news the last couple of days uh, with the hiring of Billy Corgan to become the uh, the senior producer. Um, what's the impact, impact on that from, and no, no pardon in the pun there, but what's the impact on that from the roster side? Um, well, I mean, it, it's, it's difficult to say at this point. Um, you know, obviously, wrestling is always going to be the same way as far as um, – the, the roster and the talent is concerned in the sense that there are always kind of clicks. You know, you always you, know, you have your close group of friends and everyone else is kind of an acquaintance. Like, so I, I've been in touch with, you know, the, the, the guys on the roster who are my close friends, and obviously we all we all kind of text. And you know, I guess most of my friends, my closer friends, have um, they, you know, even though we're the same age, I've been with the company, you know, substantially longer than most of them. So they kind of look to me a lot of the time as the sort of uh, to gauge. Um, you know what you know what the feeling is going to be, or that kind of thing, or, or to sort of see what I think. And honestly, um, I I don't know Billy. I uh, you know I know that he's obviously been a, a big big advocate for pro wrestling for a long time, um, and I'm aware of his links. You know, I I was aware of his friendship with Dixie and with JB and and with you know with other guys on the roster and stuff like that. So it, it, you know, it was surprising just because I hadn't. You know, there hadn't really been any uh, mention of it. I, I sort of became privy to the information a, a few days before the announcement, just just by chance, having a conversation with um, with Big about about what was you know what what the, what we were doing going forward, and we, I just kind of went, oh, well, okay, yeah, sounds great. You know what I mean? It, 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 the thing is with creative, it's a it's a difficult job. It really is, and I think that you know more than anything. Um, it's a good good thing to just get some extra some extra brains in there, and I don't you don't mean that you know as anything uh, negative towards the other guys because it's a tough it's a tough job to keep it moving all the time, but you know to just to, to share the workload a little bit and to just um, get some fresh eyeballs on it and a fresh perspective. You know the only way you can I I tend to try and not judge too much by you know what experience they have or what they've done and stuff like that because. You know, there's been wrestling guys, you know, quote unquote, who have been involved in in some, you know, in some creative stuff before, and it hasn't worked. And then there's been guys who have, you know, no experience as far as sort of the performance aspect of it, who have been very effective. So, you know, really, it's all just, you know, proof of the pudding's in the eating. You know what I mean? So let's just, uh, I just want to see how it turns out. But I think overall, it's definitely good PR. 
you know, it's definitely going to give it's definitely given us some credibility as far as the entertainment world is concerned. Yeah, definitely. And it's uh, kind of odd that Billy Corgan's name was linked to TNA uh, prior to the move to Destination America. So it kind of comes full circle in that talk, you know, starting about a year ago. But since the move to Destination America has begun and TNA kind of rebooted the product, um, how have you seen it so far? What are your thoughts on uh, the new home and uh, sort of the new look of TNA? I I really like the new I do like the the new set and everything we've got. Uh, we had you know that started in Orlando a few weeks ago. I thought that that you know this, the um, the new ramp and the stage and all that stuff looked looks fantastic. And I thought you know in a lot of ways um, those last TVs we did in Orlando, which you know I know Orlando can be a very uh, polarizing sort of subject with a lot of our fans in the sense that it has been our home for a long time, and then we left and we go back, and you know that sometimes the quality of the uh, audience, you know, reaction is sometimes in question. But I thought actually overall those last uh tapings that you know that we did there and, and the ones before um were, you know, some some really good stuff and I thought overall the product looked great. I personally thought that the the um the New York shows that we did, you know, the ones in the Manhattan Center, I you know, I as I thought it was cool to be in that historic kind of venue in some respects, but I I did think that it I didn't. I wasn't in love with the with the um, with the look of the entrance and stuff. I thought. I think that now, you know, the quality of the. I think you know. I've always been a big kind of entrances guy, like a I don't know what you what do you want to call it, like a sports entertainment guy. I think you know. Right. I, I'm 28. I'm sure I don't know how old you guys are, but like you're probably the same kind of age range as me. And it's like I was in that generation where the entrances were like <laughs> they were half the product. You know what I mean? It was yes. all about that you could yeah. identify everybody by their entrance, and it was like a such an important thing and I just think that you know for me I think sometimes we tend to pay a little too closer attention to the fans that that are going to be there regardless and I don't mean to disparage those fans because obviously we appreciate them but I sometimes think that we take their feedback so seriously that we forget the feedback of of the casual audience which is really the difference between WWE and everybody else it, you know, in that they, you know, the the amount of people watching WWE who are like burying it or saying, oh, you know, I hate this or I hate that or you know, I hate this guy and that guy, they're the ones who are going to watch no matter what. And it's everybody else, are people who are just like just deciding to watch at this point in time. And for those kind of casual viewers, you know, the everyday kind of people, you know, they 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 turn on the channel, you get you get two minutes, you know, to make an impression, not even. And I think that if you have a great set and a great look and, you know, all that kind of stuff, then it's just it's just going to give you a better chance to, to build your audience. So I, I do like that. And um, as far as the Destination America thing goes, they have been, you know, they're a, they're a young network. You know, they're, they're, they're big concern, you know, their big uh, sort of motivation is to build that network, build their viewers, drive eyeballs, and they're part of the they're part of a big family in Discovery, which is the the main benefit um, for everybody. And I think that you know it's going to be a you know there was a lot of discussion, um, and the office were very clear with everyone where they said, look, that you know it, it's it's going to be a it's a bit of a reset in some ways, you know, and it, you got you know we're going to have to all build the thing. I tweeted, I forget when it was, but I think it was after. It was Bell to Bell or one of those shows that I thought was really good. And I tweeted and I basically said, 
you you know, or it might have been one of the Wembley shows actually. I tell you, it was one of the Wembley shows, and I you know, and I watched that whole show top to bottom. You know, obviously I was on it, but I watched it top to bottom when it aired on TV. And I said, you know what? If you if you watch that from an objective standpoint, you take away all of the, you know, the kind of uh, the the sort of stigma that's been attached with 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 TNA, you know, in, in recent years because of all the different changes and this and that and, and all this sort of stuff. But you just watch that for what it was. You compare that to any wrestling show that's happening, you know, that, that's on television right now, and you know, and that and it was was a good good show. And I think that you know we're just we're building this thing from the ground up again. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a work thing. At, you know, at the end of the day, we're all, you know, that's what we're paid to do. We're, you know, we're, we're paid to help do, do what we're told to do. And if, and we, you know, we have to sort of be on the same page and that's drive viewers and try and get this, you know, get the show some more eyeballs again. What's it like working for Dixie Carter? I have, um, you know, I, I've, I don't know why, but for some reason, I always seem to have been um, heavily associated with Dixie, uh, you know, as far as kind of people who quote unquote in the know. Um, and obviously, you know, even prior to being, you know, included with her in a storyline and stuff. But even that was probably driven by the fact that there was an association with us, because, you know, because I think this this whole sort of thing about her, you know, discovering me and all this kind of stuff was was kind of maybe blown a little bit out of proportion. But that is true in the sense that I didn't send in tapes. I didn't, you know, go for a tryout or anything like that. I was by them and said, how do you feel about coming to work for us, you know, and, and be part of our show? At 21 years old. So, of course, I go, uh, yeah, that sounds great, you know. <laughs> um, and, yes, I did have a public profile. And, yes, they, you know, they were focusing on the fact that the U.K. was, you know, was a, a, at that point was just really starting to sort of blossom into a, you know, a very strong market for them. And I helped build that market to, to where it is today. Um, I got no problem saying that. I'm not saying I'm, you know, solely responsible, but I did play a part and I'm proud of that. Um, and, you know, so I, I can say, you know, as far as Dixie, like I will always, you know, you won't find me saying any negative stuff about Dixie because at the end of the day, she's helped me make a very nice living, um, you know, for a number of years at this point. And, you know, that, and that to me is, is, the most important thing when you're a pro wrestler, you're, you know, it's a, your whole life is a gamble. You know what I mean? You, you, you know, you, you're basically saying, I'm going to be so good at this that people are going to be willing to pay me to come and do it in front of an audience, you know? And sometimes you get so caught up in all of the other kind of crap that goes along with, with the wrestling business. And sometimes you sit back and you forget the fact that like, Hey, I'm making a nice living, you know, and, uh, you know, and for the amount of days, you know, if you take if you take the amount of days I actually have to work and all that kind of thing, it's it's you know that's a pretty nice life. And um, as, you know, and I and I made a point to, and I'm I've got no problem saying this now, sharing it with you guys. But after my son was born, especially, I remember just thinking like, I get to spend all this time, you know, with us, and and to be able to do that based on the fact that you know I have a a, a good contract with this company and you know because of Dixie and her sort of faith in me and her belief in me she stuck with me when I first started and I needed a lot of work you know but I I held up my end of the deal because that's the thing too is it's, it's a two-way street you know like they they you know they, they give you a contract you hold up your end of the deal and you you know you help them with their business and then you negotiate to get you know to, for them to pay you a nice living to keep doing it and you keep both holding up your end of the deal and that's 
and that's how it works. And I've held up my end of the deal, and they've and they've held up theirs. And that's Dixie. You know, she's she has she does, one thing you can say about this. And, and Mickey and I had a conversation about this recently. No matter what, she may you know she may she may have a, a sort of limited amount of experience, or she did at least. You know, I don't think people can say that now. To be honest, it's been you know it's quite a long time the company's been around, but. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, she she may have been, she may have, you know, listened to the wrong people from time to time, and she may have made a few questionable decisions based on some, you know, based on some influence of different people and stuff like that. And she may have, you know, but that, but then so has Vince McMahon, and so has Eric Bischoff, and so has, you know, every other promoter at some point or other. That nobody, nobody has like, you know, shot and scored with every single play, you know, and it, that's I, again, I think that. Sometimes we're under such a heavy microscope compared to to uh, to others that you know that that sometimes is, is again like a little blown out of proportion. But as a person, as a human being, um, genuinely cares for all of her talent and you know and wants to listen and is always available and is always you know always on the end of the phone and that's that goes a long way as the owner, you know. So I have no couple things to say about Dixie. Definitely. Now, she basically discovered you, UK Gladiators, you were Oblivion on the show, and yeah. you basically got brought in as Brutus Magnus, and you were kind of doing that Gladiator gimmick, mm-hmm. and obviously, you're from the UK, you're over in the UK. What's it like wrestling at the Wembley Arena? They go nuts for you there. It's, um, it, it you know, it, it's a, it's, it is, and I guess in a lot of ways, it's probably how a lot of people think about uh, Madison Square Garden. You know, it's probably sort of held, in, you know, to, to Brits, it's sort of, it's considered in that same kind of thing. Like when you play Wembley Arena, it's like, I'm playing Wembley Arena. You know what I mean? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a pretty amazing thing. Like, you know, my parents, um, I've been in the business since I was 17. You know, I broke in with the Knight family at 17 um, and, you know, and then like did all kinds of, Holiday camps, which I don't know if you guys are sort of familiar with the holiday camps in in England, like you, they're they're kind of uh, little vacation resorts that are kind of dotted all over the coasts of England, and that, and and one of the big, uh, a, a huge part of their uh, sort of business for years and years has been like free entertainment that they provide for the for the um, people who are on vacation there, and a, and a huge part of that entertainment program for years was wrestling. So that's how a lot of the boys, you know, cut their teeth in the UK. Um, so like that was. You know, so they'd come to some of those and they'd come to like, you know, little independent shows and then they'd come to the Gladiators TV tapings when I was doing that. And obviously, you know, and, and that was a pretty big deal for them. And then, you know, and they, but then once it got to TNA, like they kind of had their fill of it, you know, and TV tapings are long days and stuff like that. So that, you know, I would say to them, like, don't, you know, you don't, don't feel compelled, like you don't have to come every time. Like it's, you know, it's not going to have my feelings. Right. But then when we did, when we did Wembley, uh, I think it was in 2012. It was when I I was tagging with Joe at the time, and we did that did that promo that kind of I guess in a lot of ways a lot of people look at it as this sort of flashpoint for me that kind of set me on on a you know the height that sort of underscored me a little bit as someone who could you know who could uh, you know do a, do more than I was doing um, where I you know I did the whole this is England promo and all that. But yeah, my parents were there for that night, and I remember you know my my, my dad was like. You know, it's pretty cool that you're playing Wembley Arena. You know what I mean? And he was like, and it's, he says, one thing to get, you know, to get a lot of people to make noise from, you know, throwing yourself around the ring is another thing to stand there with a microphone and just say some words and make a whole, you know, this whole arena 
you know, erupt like that, you know, and it, I remember that, you know, that was a significant thing because, you know, it sort of made me realize like how it looks to other people. And I said, you know, and that was, so Wembley in that respect has always had a sort of special thing for me, but then so has Manchester because Manchester's always like that. They always seem to get like, they kind of get forgotten about because of Wembley, but that Manchester arena is, they are hot every time. Like they are, they are so loud and so responsive and, you know, it's such a cool venue. Like that was the first live event I ever went to see as a fan was at Manchester. So that's cool to me too. But yeah, Wembley, no doubt is, is very special. Now you mentioned teaming with Samoa Joe. That tag team was great. Obviously you guys won the NOAA tag titles, the GHC and, you know, obviously you won the TNA tag titles. What was it like teaming with Samoa Joe? And did you learn a lot from Joe? Oh yeah, like more yeah. I, I've I've gone on record said it before, but I credit Joe really with teaching me more. Um, certainly in the ring, you know, like uh, than than anybody. And you know, a lot of it was just through osmosis, but also just I was such a fan of his that when I remember when they they it, it we 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 weren't there wasn't any plan for us to be a a team. It was like a it was one of these sort of Vince Russo things where it was like, let's take random people and put them together in team. I forget what, <laughs> I forget what the premise was, but you know, it was the whole idea was, it was meant to be like, we would, you know, it was booked to be deliberately like a, a bad team. You know what I mean? Like it was, you know, people who shouldn't gel together and like, you know, that I forget what it was. It was something along those lines. And I, you know, so then we, I remember going to Vince and saying, you know, what, like, what's the, you know, what, what do you want from this? And he just kind of laughed and was like, well, you know, Joe's pissed off and, you know, you're pissed off. So I figured you could be pissed off together. And I just went, all right, well, okay. <laughs> but I was such a, I was such a fan of Joe's work, you know, like I think a lot of people in the business are especially, you know, a lot of people are in general, but especially people in the business are like really appreciate his work. And I, and I, you know, I'm not saying that I came up with everything, but I pretty much like as soon as I got put with it, I immediately my mind immediately just started going, well, hey, if he did like he did that thing he does where you know he does the squisher in the corner and then the enziguri, like then he could whip him out to me and I could do the elbow, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I'd be like, you know, instead of him giving him the atomic, I could do a drop down first and then I could give him the boot and then he could do the senton, like you know, and I just pretty much went to him and just you know verbal diarrhea for about ten minutes, and Joe just all <laughs> went. Yeah, okay, cool. Like, yeah, cool, man. Like, whatever. Yeah, sounds good, you know. And and then, like, we did it. And I think that was the day where Joe sort of went, yeah, he's a student of the game. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he, I don't say he he had sort of judged me or anything, but maybe he sort of, maybe he'd misjudged me a little bit. And he just, went, you know, he, that was the, you know, I think he realized there and then that's like, you know, that, that I was, I was serious about this, you know. And then, and then after that, it was, you know, we felt that there was like a chemistry there and we, and the people were like, that's cool, you know, and, and we came back and I forget who our agent was. Whoever our agent was was like, hey, you guys, you guys are going to be a victim of your own success. They're going to keep you guys together now. You watch it and then sure enough, like that's that's what they did. But we had fun with that. That was easily for me like the most fun I had in, you know, in my career as far as like in the ring because it was so easy but at the same time so effective, you know, because like I'm, I'm, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, you know, when I had the title and then when I, you know, when I was, when I have like big singles matches and stuff, I, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm experienced, but I'm not experienced enough yet to be that point where I'm like super relaxed and like, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm sitting there the whole time just like, 
okay, okay, like, you know, you got to focus and you got to do this and do that, you know. But when I was with Joe, I did get, that was the first time where I was able to, like, really relax and be like, yeah, we got this. This is going to be great. And, you know, that translates in your body language and in your work. And that, you know, and that, I learned a lot in that respect. And obviously with Joe, just, 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 you know, being around him, you know, it was just, it was a, you know, it's very invaluable learning experience. And then obviously after that, getting to wrestle against him, you know, was a whole different thing as well. I, lo- I love wrestling him as an opponent and as a tag partner. He's, he's just a man. I was actually going to bring up uh, next, I was going to say, my favorite part of you two is when you, you split up. I mean, a couple of years ago, you guys had a feud over the TV title, and it's kind of like for you on the map. It's like, man, these guys have great chemistry. You know, they're both good workers. They both are great. And then when you team and then you break up again, it was almost like, man, this guy, Magnus, he, he's a star. I mean, this guy should be the main eventer. And then you and Joe had some amazing matches together. Do you have uh, some of those matches marked as maybe some of your favorites that you wrestled in TNA? Oh yeah, no doubt, and and I appreciate uh, you, you know your sentiment with that. Um, <clears throat> I think that first of all, we were we were frustrated that we were going to be broke up as quickly as we were. Like we knew that you know it's it's TNA and that the, the sort of the way that the creative kind of was at that point was like inevitably at some point. You know, we dug to us like at some point we're going to break up and we're going to fuse. You know, and but we were you know we, we had a we would we would genuinely you know we're not like not annoyed or irritated but we were genuinely disappointed on the day where you know when we were going to uh lose to to um Daniels and Kazarian not just no not not anything against those guys we had a re- I really loved that match that we had with those guys to to when they won the tag titles from our side that's that was a, a, I I loved that match um and but we yeah, we were just because we, we said like, does this, you know, where's this, like, where does this go now? And it was kind of like, well, you know, you're going to do a thing where it's like misdirection or you know whatever it was. And it was like, oh, so we're going to feud. And because we just thought we had so much more mileage as a tag team. But then, you know, but in, again, when we got to the TV title thing, I was so like, I was so excited about getting a chance to wrestle, you know, Joe in in like a featured match rather than just like a throwaway kind of like something part of a tournament or something like that. I was. I was super excited. Like when I, um, uh, you know, my, one of my favorite memories is wrestling him at uh, bound for glory in Phoenix um, for the TV title, because one, because that was when the, the first uh, boot camp guys were here was in Spud and, and Marty were over here and the, and the Blossom girls and Marty's like one of my best friends. So like we had a, you know, it was a great time, like great weekends and stuff. And, you know, Spud I've known for a long time. And then Joe, you know, the thing that, you especially as a heel, like I really love being a heel, and I think you know when, as a heel, the, the guys you want to get your hands on are the guys who you know are going to get an awesome reaction anywhere you go. I was like, you, Joe was one of those guys, and it was like when we wrestled, when me and Doug wrestled Beer Money early in, in my you know my run too. Like that that has I you know I can't say enough about you as like helping me out a lot like early on, but you you want to wrestle guys who whether you're in you know Chattanooga Tennessee or in, you know, London, England, or in, you know, friggin' the Philippines, like, who are, you know, they're going to, they, they come out and everybody pops. Like, you want to get your hand on those guys because then you get a chance to, like, feed off of that and show them what you can do. And so, yeah, that's, you know, that uh, obviously is what I wanted to do because Joe was always in the top one or two of guys who got a great reaction, you know, along with, like, Jeff Hardy. So it's like, I, you know, and the other thing about Joe for me is that, I'm I'm a 
I'm a bigger, I'm, I'm a big guy, but I'm a bigger guy as far as the TNA roster was concerned, especially at that time. Like we probably have a larger roster, like like physically today. But you know, when I first came, and you know, and those few, and, and even then, you know, there, there was a lot more emphasis on the X division, and a lot of the guys were, you know, were quite considerably sort of smaller than me. So I didn't have that many heavyweight guys who could, you know, who I could really sort of use my quickness and, you know, show like sort of I could be athletic. And I, I, that was the thing I was most excited about because I knew how good Joe's timing was and how fast he was. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to get the chance now to be the guy who does the running and the guy who does, you know, takes the bumps and does the, you know, and, and, and flies around rather than, you know, rather than the guy who has to stand in the middle and kind of ground everyone because that was, you know, generally had to be my role just because of the size difference most of the time. So like, that was the thing I was most looking forward to was to be in there with like a, you know, guys like a legit 280 who was like, who could go. And I was like, I can, I'm the smaller guy, you know, that'd be great. Yeah, and any time that they make you to be this smaller guy is definitely, it's an eye-opener. But another eye-opener was when you did win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. And kind of walk us through that process of when you, uh, you know, you found out you were going to be the champ and leading a company that, like you said, you got in at age 21 and literally grew up in front of our eyes and matured into their world champion. How was all that for you? Uh, Bittersweet. Um, well, I'll get to that in a second, but yeah, I, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> obviously I had felt, you know, I had like 2013 was a very good year for me. You know, there's no doubt. Like I came back at the beginning of it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I came back at the beginning of 2013 cause I'd taken some time off to go and do Aladdin. Um, and I came back, you know, obviously, you know, returned, uh, you know, common sense, you know, returned, but, um, in Manchester returned in England, you know, and, uh, you know, that I remember Hogan, you know, because he was there at the time, and I remember coming back and Hogan kind of giving me this look, like, you know, like a little kind of nod and a little kind of stroke of his mustache, like, good, you know, that was a good pop. Kind of, he said something about, like, like, that was a good pop ski or something like that, you know, and it was like the first mm-hmm. time where he'd sort of really taken, taken notice, you know. And then after that, like, through the course of that year, like, Big came in, I want to say, like, somewhere in the middle of that year, and I remember him, you know, in Louisville, his first day, like, kind of, saying like you know this bound for glory series like this you know this you this is going to be good for you and blah 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 and i loved the the you know the way we because it was a it was a good long build for me as a character as a good character arc because i did the bound for glory series and i i got you know what was what in you know for all intents and purposes was like a, a very strong baby face sort of push you know like i you know, was beating everybody and all that kind of stuff and sometimes that can backfire on you as you know as, as everyone can plainly see you know, with, with certain other guys, you know, who I feel sorry for. Um, but, you know, sometimes you can be pushed too too strong and it can sort of backfire on, you know, a little bit. So the, I thought it was great when I had that match with AJ um, in the Bound for Glory series final and, you know, and, and, and lost because I got, you know, that, that one minute where they, sh- you know, where AJ pinned me and I got to sit on the apron and kind of look out like, I can't believe it, you know, like that, that did more for me you know, I, I've said that to guys before, like uh, that did more for me than any win because I got to, you know, because it was like, I was terrified that I was going to be the heel anyway, because they wanted, you know, two double baby face with AJ Styles. I mean, I was going like, Oh man, like, no one's going to cheer for me, but they did. And, you know, it was good sort of, I was, it wasn't 50, 50, but it was 60, 40, you know, and, and I, you know, I held my end of the deal. I loved that match. And that, you know, that was the beginning of the sort of, 
um, the, the you know the difference in terms of like people start going okay like I think this is now now we're not now we're not looking at it as someone who is like being put there now it's someone who we want there and then I wrestled Sting and obviously Sting did the most significant thing for me in my career which was to you know uh, to beat Sting in the submission in, in the middle of the ring like that I that you know you I can't even you know, can't emphasize how, um, you know, how blown away I was by that and how significant that was for me and how touched I was by that because that was 100% up to him. And he, you know, and he did that for me and I'll never forget that. Um, after that, I've sort of got a good idea that, you know, no one ever said anything to me in, you know, like in set in stone because they ch- they tend to try and avoid doing that. And I understand that. But I kind of got a good idea that, I could see where it was going, you know what I mean? I kind of got this idea that, that you know, it was heading in that way, like that, that at some point I was going to get the title. Um, personally, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have this vision of winning the title as a babyface in England because it was like, it was right around the corner. And I thought, well, you know, we're at the end of the year now. I would just keep this going until England and then I win the title in England. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to win the title, why not win it in the best possible setting? But right. they had, you know, that you know that's that's just me talking. They had a different they had a different idea to turn heel with it and I understand you know because they needed a heel on top. Um and and you know and obviously it was Jeff Hardy and you know there's a lot of different things at play and obviously AJ situation there was a lot of different things at play and then during the course of that uh, cage slash ladder match with Jeff I got a concussion and like you know it was it was pretty significant one too and I pretty much was just like on autopilot for most of that match I don't really remember it um, I just remember kind of luckily being there for most of the stuff i watched it back and like jeff did the jeff did the whisper in the wind off the top of the cage and i remember just like finding him the next time i saw him just was like you know i can't believe that you went up and did that like knowing that i was you know not in a great frame of mind you know not in a great way and he was like no i trusted you man like you know i knew you'd be there kind of thing and it was like that was yeah, I was not in a very good way. Like, I just bonked my head, like, uh, really early on in the match and was just a bit, like, just didn't, you know, it wasn't, it was, it's it's hard to explain a concussion. It really is. Um, and it was the only one I've ever had. So it was like, I didn't really know how to deal with it. And I just remember sort of being like, oh, what the hell? Like, I don't, you know, what's going on? Like, where am I kind of thing? But anyway, so obviously we carry on with it. I win the title and I come back and, you know, the Scott Demore was there who was, uh, he was my, agent you know not not agent as in like agent with matches but as in represented me agent you know so he'd come down to be there you know for me winning the title and stuff and i remember him and the medic just being like uh are you okay you know and i was just kind of like and, and then immediately kind of everyone was like oh you know all right <laughs> everybody move out everybody get out of the way like sit down you know and they did all that they did all that they have they brought all the people in for the you know, concussion test and all that stuff and that was just unfortunate because it, you know, it just meant that with the situation with like AJ and everything, that I wasn't able to really do, uh, you know, I wasn't able to perform because I had, you know, because I, I had this concussion. So it was like, and that was, and unfortunately, that just kind of set the tone. So you know what they did. So you know, they had to adapt, and I don't, you know, it's not, I don't 
blame anybody in particular. It was not, you know, what's done is done. So I did, but it was cool to win the title. You know, I, I obviously it was significant, and you know, and I think that it was a little bit against the grain because. I was as a heel. I I was pleased that I got such a good heel reaction in the UK because they were worried that obviously I was going to go there and get a huge pop. But the thing is, is that those fans are just they just want to do the right thing. Like they just that's why they're so they're such a good crowd because they just want to they just want to be part of it. You know they don't want to sort of try and disrupt the show like you know like smart fans and stuff. So it was like they just they just wanted to do the right thing and have fun. Um, but you know we've done all this stuff after I won the title where I went to England and did all this media stuff and everything. And, you know, we had like, we did this thing in London at this, um, like a, like a nightclub, like a TNA, you know, fan event thing. And it was completely sold out, like, you know, sold out like a day, you know, like the whole, you know, and it was like, there was such a huge kind of like all, you know, newspapers and all this, you know, all this stuff like media press coverage and stuff for, for me winning the title, you know, it was, it was such a significant thing. And I don't, I don't know if anyone was really expecting that it was, you know, so obviously that, you know, that was a significant thing. And to think now it's like, what are we like? We're in the, you know, we're almost in the middle of 2015. It's over a year since I lost the title. And yet the first thing that people say to me all the time, and it's like how I'm described all the time, like, Oh, former, you know, former world heavyweight champion. Like it's kind of, because it was a significant, you know, which obviously means I did something right because it's like a significant, it's significant enough where people keep sort of bringing it up, like even though it's been over a year since I lost the title to EY. Because it's interesting and maybe you shouldn't have lost the title so soon because you definitely were on a good run. But one interesting part of the, that run is maybe like a good little trivia question is you basically ended AJ Styles and Sting's quote-unquote career in TNA, that's kind of an interesting distinction, don't you think? It's, it's not not one I'm very proud of, um, but you know, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not something you know. I, I'd I'd rather be, I'd rather sort of, I'd rather hold, highlight the fact that you know I beat Jeff Hardy to win the title, and you know, and I was, I'm, I believe, I'm one of only two people to have a submission victory on this thing. I could be wrong, but I feel, I think, I'm one of only two. I think the other one is Bret Hart. So I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that might be right. I'm sure someone will go ahead and some point extra or go ahead and research that and be like, uh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like working with uh, AJ Styles? You guys had some great matches. Obviously, there was some fun stuff added in the ma- matches too with uh, you know a lot of outside interference, but they were yeah. fun for the most part. Did, did you enjoy those matches? I love love working with AJ. Again, it it goes back to what I said before about like working with Joe or like when you know when I was first there and you know in '09 like me and Doug working with Beer Money. It's like you want to work with the guys who are over and established. And it was you know and AJ so friggin' talented that he can. You know, I remember like being the first time I had to wrestle him was I mean it was a long time ago. It was like back when I was in the British Invasion and stuff. And I remember the first time I got to wrestle him, I was like, I was so worried that I wasn't going to be able to you know to do all those kind of things like I was like how am I like what do I do what do I do with like AJ Styles you know I, mean, I was so green I didn't you know I didn't really understand it properly and then within like within a few minutes of just listening to him and just being around I just realized like this guy is not you know this is, he is not just an acrobat like this guy is a you know a brilliant worker and mind you know just a, just a great 
like great psychologist and you know brilliant sort of wrestler and just yeah every you know to me like uh, to me um you know i i've seen some of his stuff in new japan and obviously you know it's it's been outstanding you know but to me like i you know some of his stuff over the years it's like he it, it's about as flawless as you can get, you know what I mean? Like snug and, you know, the, the timing and the high flying and the, you know, there's wrestling in there, there's brawling. It's like he's, he's you know, in some, in a lot of ways, he just, he sort of checks all the boxes. Um, I, I loved the match. Like again, the, what, the one we had at, uh, at the, you know, the Bound for Glory series final in St. Louis, like that's, you know, just because the, the the story as well, like I'd beaten Bobby Roode earlier in the night, he'd beaten Aries in a really great match, and then you know to do and then to have that like the whole story, and we were like the way you know it was just like, it was just such a good. I was like that was when that that around that time was when I really started to feel like I get it, you know what I mean? Like, like I know what I'm doing, you know, is when I really first started to sort of hit my stride. Like I was 26 and like you know really just start, like really starting to get comfortable in my body and be like you know, I just you know and I and obviously AJ was you know, in its peak. I just remember just being like, yeah, I belong here. Like, I'm, you know, I'm good at this. And obviously that was just so fun and so fluid and such a good story. And, yeah, I, I, I can't say enough about AJ. I wish we'd got to do more, like, long matches, you know, rather than, like, just that one. And then even that was only, like, 15 minutes. I'd love to – I would have loved to have got, you know, got to wrestle him for 20, 30 minutes, you know, and really told a, a long story. Yeah, without a doubt, that was a great, uh, a great time upon his, uh, upon his exit. And, you know, before we, we start to wind down, um, you know, one thing that we do usually ask is, you know, what is your legacy? But you, you've got so much more. And we like to call this the DDP question because DDP said the same thing about legacies versus where do you see yourself in five years in the pro wrestling industry? That's a, that's a, I ask myself that question a lot. <laughs> It's a tough, um, I really don't know. I, you know, I obviously, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, in a, in a way, I'm glad that you haven't asked me the inevitable uh, WWE question because I, I do get it asked a lot. And I'm not trying to do it to sort of brag or sound cool or anything, but I think, you know, a lot of the time people look at me and my age and my physical sort of characteristics and all that kind of stuff. And they go like, well, what about WWE? And I kind of go, well, what about them? You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not like I, I just was so young when I, I didn't think that I had any business. I, you know, I'm a, like, I'm a student of the game. I love the wrestling business. At, you know, at 21 years old, I was well aware of the fact that I had no business being anywhere near, like, a televised wrestling show. Like, I knew I wasn't good enough. And I, there was no way I was going to be one of those guys that went to a bunch of tryouts and stuff like that when I wasn't ready. Because I was like, what's the point? I don't want to get signed when I'm not ready. Like, I'm a little bit old school in that respect. It's like... I. What am I, you know, I don't, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like disparaging like the way that they, you know, the, the, the way they do the developmental thing and everything like that's, that's the best, you know, that's the best thing that they've ever done is that performance center. I mean, what if like, it's, that place is unreal. Like what a brilliant, you know, and look at the talent they're churning out now. Like they're, you know, they're firing on all cylinders, like, and they're getting some wicked, wicked talent, you know, like Fergal and, and, you know, and, and Ben like pack, he's going to be. I, you know, I've been singing his praises from for for years and years. Like I remember telling Terry Taylor in like twenty twenty ten, like he asked about other Brits, and I was like, pack, 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 pack. You know, and he was, you know, and he was like, 
oh, who's that? And I'm like, well, I'm telling you now, like, you, if you don't know who he is, you need to find him because I'm like, this guy is, I say he's the most talented wrestler that's come along since AJ or Dynamite Kid or Shawn Michaels, anything like that. Like, he, he'll blow your mind. And, and, you know, they didn't act on it. And now, you know, you know I'm sure he's sort of grateful for in some ways because now he's, he's like on course to be a big star in WWE and he deserves it. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's funny because, you know, it's uh, the wrestling business. I've always maintained a bit of a, I've tried to sort of keep my feet on the ground when I, in terms of looking at it and going, you know, everything changes every day. Like everything can change tomorrow. And, you know, nothing, like nothing is really guaranteed. Um, obviously I'm under contract right now and, you know, uh, obviously I'm not going to divulge like what kind of stuff is in there or anything like that, but it's, you know, it, it, I've always, TNA have always managed to, every time my contract has come up, you know, TNA have, you know, so far have always, uh, you know, made it, um, you know, a very nice place for me to work and, and, you know, and, and have always been favorable in that respect. I don't know whether, you know, whether there's any interest anywhere else or what the, you know, or what other things are coming up. But I will say this, that I think the wrestling business right now is in a very uh, interesting time. I don't, you know, I think it's really great for fans because now you've got Lucha Underground, which I think is fantastic. I think it's just brilliant. You know, New Japan is really starting to gain like a worldwide kind of acclaim, which is, which is well-deserved. Um you know, TNA is 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 not going anywhere. Ring of Honor is is picking up steam again, and obviously WWE are always going to be the number one. It's it's an interesting time. I don't know if it's necessarily great for talent because it's almost in a way it sort of spread so thin that you know there isn't quite as much uh, leverage as far as like guys with you know with their contracts and stuff. But there is plenty of places to. Show you stuff, showcase what you can do, and and you know, I'm 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 looking now and realizing like I'm hitting my peak. You know what I mean? Physically, I'm 28. Like these next, you know, the next 10 years is like is where I'll be. You know, that's that they're my years. You know what I mean? The next 10 years. So I I want to just make wherever I am doing it, I'll be doing it. You know, and I'll be. I'll be good at it, you know, and that's, uh, and I'll be, you know, obviously trying to make, uh, make good money doing it. And that's like, that's really all I can, you know, I, I just have a, I've always had a vision of who I can be in the rest of this rather than what, you know, and, and I, this is a thing that I'm, you know, I don't want to ramble on too much. I know I have, but I, I'll say this when you think about like sometimes I think with, with WWE being so dominant, a lot of guys from my, generation have kind of grown up with this thing of like i have to be a wwe superstar and i'm I'm not gonna lie like i had that same kind of idea when i first got into wrestling but luckily i sort of became a student of the whole genre and the whole game and i realized that you know when hulk hogan got into the wrestling business that didn't exist he didn't he didn't say i have to be a wwf star like you know like you know, do or die. He just got into it and was like, Hey, I'm going to be good at this, you know, and obviously had this amazing talent, you know, to sort of captivate an audience and become this larger than life star. But he broke it, you know, he broke in in Florida, went to the AWA, went to Japan, 
you know, all this other thing, and you know, and and that, you know, and then it was just a, a set of good circumstances where he happened to sort of become the driving force of what what we now know today as the WWE. He didn't have this, you know, and it's like anything can happen. Like you just don't know, and so you know, I just tend to sort of try and think of it like that and go, I'm just a, I'm just a person, I'm just an independent contractor in a business. I'm an entertainer in the entertainment business, and I'm trying to do everything I can to be as as good a money maker in this business as I can be, you know, and 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 I'll keep my ears open and see what's you know and see what's going on and try and get a, a lay of the land and see what opportunities come up and I'll try and take advantage of it and ride as many ways as I can find. That is a great perspective on it, a great way to look at it for sure, especially with the way the wrestling business is. Now, throughout your career, just curious, do you have a favorite match or maybe matches that you've had? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, I couldn't, probably couldn't say one, but I could definitely give you a, a couple. Um, like I've mentioned already, the, the match with AJ in St. Louis, um, that was one of my favorites. Um, any of my matches with Joe, but particularly uh, the two we had at the end of 2012, one being the, the one in Bound, the Bound for Glory in, in um, Phoenix, and then we had another one which was like a uh, no-holds-barred like in Orlando. Um, I loved that match. I loved the finish to it. Um, I th- again, I think it was another thing that kind of really helped sort of solidify me a little bit. Um yeah, there's so many on house shows that you know that, that that never get seen. Like so many with beer money. Um, I remember like me and Doug wrestling beer money when they had Ric Flair, you know, managing them. And we wrestled in, you know, we wrestled them in Dublin, and like, you know, you hear all these old timers go like, "Brother, we didn't even touch for ten minutes," you know, and you think, "Yeah, yeah, sure." And then like <laughs> we, legit- we legitimately were stood there, and I was like, "How? Like we've been here- we've been stood here for like." a good six or seven minutes here and like we haven't even touched and the, the whole place is just like the whole place is just rocking like that national stadium in Dublin was like jam packed and like they were so loud and you know beer money was so over we had so much heat flair was like just loving it and you know we like I remember we'd wrestled them the night before in France and flair had basically just been at ringside the whole time he didn't really do anything and when he came back me and Bobby were stood there talking to each other and I said Said there was it was good, but like I felt like there was something missing. And Bobby's like, "Yeah, me too." And then we both looked at each other and we were like, "Flair, like Flair needed to do something. Like we did, like they were waiting for they were waiting for something from Rick. You know what I mean? He's such a he's the, you know, he's the best in the business, the best has ever been. Like he didn't do enough. So we we got Rick and we said like, we think tomorrow like in in Ireland we want you to do something. You know, like get involved. And he was like, and Flair to his credit, he goes. He's like, no, guys, like, this is your guys' match. Like, this is your time, and, like, you know, you guys have such a great match, and blah, blah, blah. Like, this is, you know, I, I don't I don't want to steal the, the focus. And we're, like, saying, no, we want you to, like, we want you to do something. Like, we think it will just, you know, put it over the top. So I was like, all right, I, tomorrow night, like, right before the finish, like, just, you know, I'll get bumped out, and I'll feed, you know, I'll just feed out to Rick on the floor, and just Rick just, you know, fucking give me a big old chop and, you know, put me in the figure four or whatever. And he's like, okay, you know, and, Okay, but I don't, you know, I don't think I should. And we did it in Ireland, and like they fucking erupted. It was just like they just they put, you know, it was such a it was such a cool moment for me, you know, such a mark out sort of moment for me to get to do that with Rick and for Rick to be so like supportive, you know, and be like, wow, that was really great, like thank you so much, kind of thing. That was again one of those nights where I kind of went, ah, oh, maybe I do, maybe I maybe I do know what I'm doing a little bit, you know what I mean? It was and it was such a cool. That was one of my favorites. 
um, and then one more, just a quick mention. Um, when I had the, when I was the champion, I wrestled uh, James Storm in again in Dublin, um, uh, you know, at, on the house show, and, and again it was I've like that's always been such a great that's always been a good town for me as a heel. Like uh, that, you know, Dublin as a heel was like my town, and I. You know, as the champion, like I had Dixie go out and do a promo first to, like, you know, to bring me out and all this, and it was such good heat. And then, you know, we did all this stuff where James, uh, you know, had him play this, play uh, the Dropkick Murphys, you know, and all this stuff. And it was just like they, they were, you know, they were just they were just rocking like so much. So I remember um, one of our producers who was trying to get some footage for like you know tour footage to kind of put a video package together, and like. I'm on the floor and like kind of selling it going like turn that music off or whatever. And I looked at Brian and he, and he does the signal, like keep it going, like stretch it out, you know, because they mm -hmm. were getting all this, they were getting such good footage of everyone because everybody was on their feet going like ballistic that they wanted us to keep going, you know? So I just, so James sees it and I see it and we just kept on doing it for like five minutes. We even got involved in it, but you know, James is, yeah, James is so good like that. He's such a great mic man. He's, you know, he's so good on the stick, like doesn't get enough credit. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to doing, doing, you know, working with him, actually, going forward in this new angle we're doing, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, this has been a tremendous interview. It's great to get to talk to you, and hopefully TNA puts you back on top, because I think uh, I think you should be the headliner of the company, maybe get you in there with Kurt Angle after your little feud with um, James, or big feud, excuse me, big feud with uh, James Storm is going to happen. But before we let you go, can we just get you, uh, get you to give some plugs of where we could find Magnus? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> follow me on Twitter, at Magnus Official. Um, and my, uh, my, real, my real name is Nick Aldis. And you can you know, go to my official website, nickaldis.com, N-I-C-K-A-L-D-I-S.com. And you can email me uh, through that website or, or nick at nickoldis.com um, for bookings and anything like that. Um, yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm, if, if you don't mind, my, I'm very privileged to have a couple of really great sponsors, um, Bulletproof, and you get them at uh, bulletproof.com and then uh, naturalstacks, naturalstacks.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. and. And you had so much great stuff, and I almost, you know, have even more questions for you. So we'd love to have you back on down, you know, a little bit down the road if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, absolutely, anytime. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much, man. It's really appreciated, and um, have a good night. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Really appreciate yeah. it. Bye.